Hello and welcome Rotaractors to the Rotaract Talks podcast. My name is Tavi Wickman. This week we are speaking with retired Major General and Swedish Army Chief Anders Brandström about the importance of leadership in the military, crisis preparedness and defense. Um, Anders has a four, nearly 40-year career in the Swedish Armed Forces and is born in Hancock, Michigan. He served in both the Kosovo War, Afghanistan, Cyprus, and of course in Sweden at the military high command, and he, and he got commissioned as an officer in the late 1970s. So without further ado, here we go. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Anders. Thank you for joining us. Okay, thank you very much for inviting me. So we've been talking since this autumn um, about you participating in some of Rotaract events, but now during COVID, um, we were having this podcast. So it's great to have you here. And um, would you please, let's start with a little introduction of you. Um, you spent 40 years or so in the Swedish Armed Forces before retiring in 2018, I believe it was, with the exactly yes. with the rank of Major General. That's not entirely equal to the rank of Major General in, in the U.S., is it? Yeah, I would say that the, the, the similarities, similarities are more than the, the bigger than the differences, I would say. Yeah, and at the time you retired, you were the, the in charge of the, the division in charge of the Total Peshwar, the National Defense. Um, that was a short, short period, but basically the last thing I did with the armed forces, so I was the exercise director of the big multinational exercise Viking 18, but, yeah. but that's more details, I would say. Yeah, and Viking 18 was a comprehensive um, defense. Multinational, multidimensional, multifunctional exercise. Yeah, involving both police, civilian and military elements. Exactly. exactly. Great, yeah. So a long career in the, mil- the military. You spent time in Kosovo, um, Afghanistan, Cyprus as well. Yes. Um, and you are, your background within the Swedish Rangers, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we will start off with a couple questions about your time in the military. Um, and that's going to start off with in 2004, um, March 17th, you were the commander of the Swedish battalion, the UN battalion in Kosovo. Um, can you tell us a bit what happened there? In 2004, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was a commanding officer of the multinational brigade center, and actually commanding the Swedish battalion and also the, uh, the, F- the Finnish Irish battalion and the Czech Slovak battalion, and, and so one of the four multinational brigades in, in, in Kosovo. And and the, the the big event basically was the was the March riots around the 17th of, of, of March there when when we had to work extremely hard to fulfill our, our objectives. Yeah. Yes, you put nearly um, a thousand UN soldiers into, well, not an active combat, but a into place to defend the village of Kaglavica, if I'm pronouncing that right. Basically, it was Chaglavica, but there were many other villages also. But what everyone is talking about, it's where the real hotspot was, that was in the the village Um, of Chaglavica. So I'm really curious about here is what goes into making a decision like that to put troops in harm's way, um, put forces on the ground um, in that kind of situation. What, what kind of um, decision-making process you had to go through to get that? 
Yeah, basically, you know, when you when you are deployed in an international operation and when you have a, a, a mission as a, as a military or civilian command, you know what your, your task is. You know, my task was to to uh, to uh, create the safe and secure and uphold this uh, safe and secure environment. And when something happens there, they have to take in the the intelligence intelligence. And also always try to see not what happens today, and, but what will happen tomorrow and the day after that. And then you have to make an early decision and deploy your forces. And you have to listen to your your uh, advisors and and uh, really do the the things that you think are the right ones. Yeah. So it's and you can be sure about one thing that you will if you wait until you are one hundred percent sure, then you are too late. Uh, was it Patton that said that waiting, that a nearly perfect plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that's one word of putting it, but one way of putting it, and, and I think it was uh, Douglas MacArthur that said that uh, the history of mistakes in war can be summarized in two words, too late. And that is also too late to, to understand that there's a threat against you, too, too late to, to deploy your forces, too late to give orders and so on. And, and that's uh, very clear in the military world that you have to do things fast yeah. and hopefully the right things fast. Yeah, so be there on the ground at the right time. Um, you have all the forces, but if you're a day too late, it's not going to help at all. Um, I believe the term I've heard in Latin is civis pacum parabellum. Um, yeah, that's another way of putting it. Which translates into, if you, if you dream for peace, prepare for war. Um, exactly. A bit crass, but it's um, fairly accurate. So after your time in Kosovo, you returned to Sweden. You had took up positions at the, as land component commander of the Swedish army, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And then moved on to deputy chief of staff and then later on... Um, Chief of Staff of the Swedish Armed Army, Army, the ground forces in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I. Though, so as the biggest position that I had during, in in the forces, so to say. Yeah, which is something to say when you had forty years in the military. It's a mm -hmm. it's an impressive career. Um, as Swedish Army Chief, are there any leadership te techniques, systems, um, ways of organization that you that the civilian sector that young people can learn from that? they can apply in their day-to-day? -day. Of course, there are many things. Uh, I, I think the, the, the most important one to be a commander or a leader, that is that you really have to like and you have to take care of the people that you work with, your employees or your soldiers as a, as a, as a commander. That is the, uh, the most important thing, being, being a leader. And I think that everyone listening to, to, to this party, that's, if you want to be a good leader, you have to like your, the people that work for you and you have to support them and have to realize that they are actually the most important thing, however you put it. Yeah. Another thing is that you have to be, be listening to, to the experts around you. You know that, of course, uh, you, the only thing that you can't delegate, that is uh, responsibility. That's on your own shoulders, but you have to listen to the experts around you. Uh, and I, I think uh, also what we just talked about to make, uh, so to say, early uh, decisions. Try to realize that, that the, the time to prepare yourselves basically 
belongs to the soldier down on, on the battlefields, so to say, that she, she or he could, could prepare themselves before the battle instead that you, or that you, you and your staff officers should make a, a very, very good form, formulations and so on. That is some of the, the things. But the most important one is that you, you have to realize that the, the biggest value treasure you have, that is your, your, your uh, soldiers, if you're a, uh, a uh, general, and your employees, if you are a, a leader in, in, uh, in the, so to say, civilian world. Sector. Yeah. yeah. Power sector, non-military sec sector. So, mm -hmm. so apart from making sure that your, your people you work with feel valued and supported, um, You've kept going back to the the idea of preparedness, making sure you're ready when the time comes to act. Um, and we're right now sitting, um, you're sitting in Uppsala, I believe, and I'm sitting in Stockholm. Believe you or not. Yeah. 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 Basically, I'm Stockholm, but uh, talking in, a, in a, uh, like uh, IT systems like this, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks to COVID, we might have done it specifically if we ha didn't have a pandemic going on. But how can civilian and military um, crisis preparedness groups, the organizations meant to be ready for when a crisis strikes, be work better in the future? Um, you today work at a, a consulting firm as an expert on um, preparedness, I believe it is, right? Yeah. No, but I, th I think we have a good pattern from the Cold War. When we talk about the Swedish, we call it the total försvar, the total defense. I don't know if that's the proper way of expressing it in, in English, but I mean that it was a system where, where, uh, where like, uh, it was a pattern that that really, or a strategy that wanted to put the militaries together with the civilian as closely as as we could. And and I, as an as an officer, I, I was experiencing myself the, the last years of, of the. Cold War, so to say, and, and I really saw the, the 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 good parts in it. And I, there are some things that were done then and can be done also now and in the future for us. And that is to have like common planning, common training, common exercises. Personal knowledge is extremely important, and also to have a common legal framework. So the answer to your question basically is to have a a a, a system of, of, of making our the planning for the future together yeah like in the, in the military we have war games you need to have uh war rooms when it comes to civilian preparedness as well i guess um, yeah making sure they have exercises and the these comprehensive exercises with both civilian and military actors not only when it comes exactly. to aggressive exactly. um defense um exercise but also when it comes to pandemics so in Stockholm, we've seen that the Defence Forces have both provided material, such as field hospitals in southern Stockholm, during this this pandemic. Um, what what steps we could take? Could we take? What can we do to be more prepared um, in the next crisis? Can it is that to secure supply lines, build up stockpiles, or is it more the the people um, in place, or is it a combination of of the, of the three, or even more? I think. To Prepare for the for the, the 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 next one is the first. We had to realize that we have we have been very. I mean, since we we closed down the the, the total defense during the Cold War, we are in a very bad position, so to say. I mean, we have a, a low efficiency and and a low 
level of, of redundancy and so on. So we, so we have to do something. And I think that uh, very much what we have to, to uh, put in the hands of our politicians mm. in the, the uh, you know, that there will be a new, defend, a new uh, parliamentary decision on the defense development of the, the total defense for, from uh, 2021 to 2025. And that is important work that has to be done during this summer. And the, and the fall within, in, the, in the parliament, and then the parliamentary decision in, in, the, in December. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that what, what will have to be done, that was, of course, is to put more resources into it, but the, the military and the civilian, they have to, to work, as I answered your last question, to have a common planning. And, and uh, it's important that you are mentally prepared for what's, what can happen. For example, this uh, pandemic that... <laughs> That was not a black swan, so to say. We know that there have been, in, in the history of mankind, it has been many of these pandemics coming up, and that was known, of course. But, but uh, uh, when, you, when, you, when you are not professional enough, you try to put away the things that are not so nice, and, 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 and you, you try to, to, to uh, yeah, you think you are thinking in, in the wrong way. And that is the, the first thing, I think, is to have the right mental attitude that bad things can happen. And then it's important to plan together and to train together, civilian and military. You know, this total defense, uh, uh, total defense exercise that will be held, uh, it was planned to be held, uh, basically the, 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 uh, the strongest part of it was, was planned to be held in, in May, I think. That is now postponed, and I really hope that they could, that could be fulfilled when the military and the civilians have a, a common training. And also realize that cooperation is a very cooperation between civilian and military uh, actors are very crucial for, for to be prepared for the next thing that will happen. Yeah, a pandemic, course. or a sunstorm, or uh, something that we don't know really know about, so to say. But but in our society, we have to have that part also the the, the preparedness to take care of these ugly things coming up. Yeah, it's hard to predict exactly what crisis will be coming next, but yeah. it's always going to be something. So you might as you have to have systems in place. Um, I'm well, you have to have like a, a redundancy or or, or a, a, a so to say a preparedness of, yeah. of to to be able to handle many different kinds of of, of, of tensions. Yeah, exactly. Can't agree more. So. What are some some common mistakes that are that are that can be made or uh, group are uh, prevalent dangers, things that can come up and surprise you when you're either preparing or you're in the midst of a crisis? Yeah, I think the one that we mentioned about uh, the, the words of, of General Douglas MacArthur is, of course, the, the first one. Is that uh, I mean uh, I mean to do things. Uh, uh, very early to make the big and important things as early as possible. Otherwise, you'll be, 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 be in a bad position, so to say. Yeah. Another thing, another mistake is uh, the, uh, an inability to sort the important things from the less important. You know, in a stressful situation, and that was before, of course, before the information technology, but now it's even harder to really sort out what is the most important thing. And you have to put your focus, your own focus as a leader, and also your staff's focus on the most important things. And you have to deal with them first, and then you could sort out the other things. And some things you will never 
never touch because they are not important enough. Yeah. The, the, the third thing is also an ability to see the big picture. I mean, that also a thing with, with, with leaders and leadership to, to, to yeah, details are important for experts, but for mm. the leaders and for the strategists, the, the big picture is important and also to, to be able to see what will happen in the future. I mean, not only the, the, the rifle squad leader, she or he has to take care of what happens now, this second and this next minute and next hour, but, but the strategic leadership that has to be, think about, okay, what will happen next week, next month? Mm. What will we have to be prepared for when the next phase starts and so on? Yeah. So if you, if you don't take care of these uh, things, then, then, then you make these uh, historical mistakes, I would say. Yeah, it's a bit of a triage thing there, I guess, that you have to prioritize, find what's vital, and make sure you can get those long-term views inside. I believe I read last week about the commander of the U.S. Navy in the 1930s not wanting to place the Navy in Pearl Harbor because it was less protected, but disregarding at the same time the need for the Navy to be placed there and not in San Francisco because in San Francisco it served no purpose. So being able to make those long-term decisions is very important as well. Um, so, so what are some steps you can, I guess you've gone into a few of the steps you can take to hedge your bets, hedge, hedge your chances to increase your odds. What are some other kinds of ways you can insulate yourself from the, from possible consequences or common mistakes that you can experience during a crisis? I think that when you, when you, if you, if you talk in, 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 when you are in a, a crisis, you mean, and you will have to do, to make these uh, like uh, tough decisions I would say and I try to give some advices to the, to the people listening to this pod maybe that I like I think it's always important to, to even though it's extremely stressful being a commander when something happens for example me when I was a brigade commander in Kosovo uh, the, the crisis there in, in March 2004 I mean it's extremely stressful but you have to try to stay calm you have to try to stay calm and you have to to realize that basically there are no no desperate situations. There are only desperate people and, and, and you have to, to see to that you as a commander, you should not be one of them and, and try to stay calm, of course. And, and also another thing is that uh, what I mentioned earlier is that, that uh, you have to, to see to that you do the right, the, the, the most important things first. The, 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 the most important things you have to do, to do first. And my, my experience is that you are overwhelmed with information and suggestions and proposition, but you have to see to what it uh, is. Basically, when I when I was uh, training as uh, becoming a, a, an, an army captain many years ago, I, I, our teacher had a rule that they, they taught us in Swedish. I don't know if your listeners has, has heard it before, but they call it the, in English, it would be the SMN rule, the SMN rule. And that is that when you're overwhelmed with much information and you have to do something, you have to ask yourself, is it important at the second? That is the yes. It is, is it important at the minute? That is the M. Or is it uh, not important at all? That is the N. If you have this uh, very simple rule, you can sort out and see that, that uh, what you should put your hands on that is a few percent of, of, of the issues that's come to your, your, uh, on your desk, so to say. And also, another thing is important that, that, uh, that I'm talking about techniques 
politics and so on. You have to realize when you are a leader, you have to be the leader. Mm. You are not supposed to, to write the papers. You are not supposed to look into the computers. You are, you are supposed to lead other people that do all these uh, details that comes back to a good common work that you have the responsibility for, of course, always, but you should not make all the, you should not basically put your things into details as a commander. I would say you have to have, to have a, so to say, the helicopter view if I use those words. And you have to listen to the, your experts. You shouldn't make your own. You should, I've, I've seen people who are, who are in a very high position that when they are very stressed, they forget about that they have very competent pe people around them. But you have to ask people. And you should not like start shooting from the hip all the time. That is uh, a bad thing. So th these are a few uh, small advices when you have to make uh, tough decisions. Yeah, it, it makes me think of... Uh... An article read recently about the the origin of, of the word general being that it mm. was it literally it actually does come from the the word general um as being this one for, for all things you have to be the generalist um exactly not general there are many specialists but the general is a generalist huh? yeah um which is i did not expect it to be that root but it's uh it does make sense in the end um exactly i Got, had, found the pleasure, had the pleasure of finding an article on the roots of the names of different ranks, which was very informative. Um, yeah, yeah. And not something you do usually get um, to read generally. It's not, it's not something that you find in the newspapers, I guess. Um, then you realized also why a, a, a lieutenant general is higher ranked than a, a major general. No? Yeah, because the Lieutenant General is the <laughs> Lieutenant to the General and the Major General. Exactly, in, uh, Lieutenant in, in, in French. No? Yeah, which is, language is a fascinating thing. And of course, exactly. this is an English language podcast being produced in Sweden. So we'll be, of course, having to use sometimes Swedish terms and trying to translate them as much as we can. Um, for example, to talk about which is the comprehensive defense, I believe is the best way of describing that. So. To start rounding things off, um, what are two books or resources that you would recommend for someone in the start of their career um, to read, to pick up, to try to educate themselves in? Um, I think there, there is a book, of, uh, an, an, an extremely old one, but I think it has been, been published many times. That is the, 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 the book on, on War by Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu is the uh, 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 Chinese, uh, I would say, politician and also a, a military. You probably have it <laughs> over there. No? Yeah. And, and you should, uh, when you read it, of course, there are some um, paragraphs and, and parts in it that are very extremely, so to say, uh, some thousand uh, years uh, too old and too military. But I think there are uh, some some that that uh, that is uh, very good in looking at how you should be a leader, military or or, or civilian. So, yeah. for example, I think it 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 in some part he, he talks about his uh, his uh, soldiers and he said that if you, you should look upon your soldiers as as your sons, and he some say some words about that. And and if you are if you want to have a, a an advice how to how to how to take care of your, your subordinates. You, you could read about Sun Tzu. So that will be my answer. No? Yeah, a um, little context there. I was looking up at my bookshelf. I don't believe 
You probably have it here somewhere, no? I don't see it, but that's no. more that it's uh, with technique to do. Yeah, I believe it's actually on my coffee table and not in my bookshelf in my bedroom. Um, or the yeah. table by your bed, maybe. That would be a good spot for us well. But yes, um, Sun Tzu, I have a copy I got when I was in my early teens. And it's a um, fantastic book with little, little nuggets of wisdom. Although, like you said, Andesh, um, not always applicable um, when it comes to speaking about jungle warfare or um, spearmen, I guess. But otherwise... No, no, but you heard it's, 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 really it's no things under the sun, I think, that you could take 100% to... But if you have a good balanced uh, uh, judgment, I think that you could read old books like uh, this one and, and have a, put it into your leaderships and so on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, somewhere here I have, unfortunately, no books on militaries um, side on my shelf here, but I do have Noam Chomsky's The Power of Propaganda, which is a interesting read as well. Um, so I think we can round off here. Thank you so much, Anders, for joining us. Um, yeah, thank you very much for inviting me once again. Is there anything else you think uh, I've missed here that you'd like to mention before we ha um, head out? No, I think that we have covered, I mean, uh, I mean, in a subject like this, we could talk for, for hours, but you, as, as I just said, that you have to, to sort out the most important things. And if I could end with stressing once, once again and how much technique there are and how, many, how much buildings and infrastructure you have as, as a leader, you always have to, to take care of the human beings. And if you should be a really good uh, uh, leader, then you have to like the people that you work together with. And cooperation, that, uh, that is always the key for success. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Anders. Thank you, everyone, who made it to the end of this podcast. You clearly have lots of stamina. Or we just have fairly short episodes this week. My name is, as usual, Tavi Wickman, and this is the Rotract Talks podcast, produced by Rotract Sweden with support from Rotract Europe. Next week will be, or in two weeks, we'll be listening to another interesting speaker. I won't reveal that one yet, but we hope you tune in for that as well. While you are waiting, please do listen up, catch up to the other episodes we've released if you have not done so already. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, which will help more people find us. We also want to remind you to check out the Rotract Podcasts with Cole Baker. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And of course, have a great Thursday afternoon. We'll see you all back here in two weeks.